Hey friends, you're listening to the Hope and Heart Pills podcast where we are exploring practical insight for racial justice and social change. I'm your host, Andre Henry, singer, songwriter, and author. And for the past several years, you all know I've been on a serious intellectual quest to understand how do ordinary people work together to change the world. Some of you have been on that journey with me. Thank you so much. Those of you who have been following me on my email list and who have been on Patreon helping this show to happen. And if you're listening and you want to be a part of those folks who help make this show happen, you can go to patreon.com slash Andre Henry. Um, the music on this episode is brought to you by me. And today we have a very special guest. Actually, she's been on the show before. Jill Louise Busby is. is back with us, ladies and gentlemen. They have published a book in the time uh, since, since she was last on the show. And we're excited to talk with her today. Thanks so much for being back on the show, Jill. It's nice to return. Nice to return. Thank you for having me twice. Uh, <laughs> I think you're the first guest that we've had twice. Ah, oh, the honor. <laughs> I, I almost can't stand it. I'm just so honored. You shouldn't have told me. I'm going to tell everybody. It's going in my resume. <laughs> I appreciate that. So before we talk about your book, I just want to, I don't know if it's, I mean, you could tell me if you don't want to talk about this, but last time we talked, I think you might've been in Atlanta, but um, you've moved since. So where, where in the world are you these days? I am back on the West Coast in Olympia, Washington, and Washington has a lot to do with a lot of this book. So um, yeah, I, I am back there. I am, I'm a fan I must mm-hmm. say, of Olympia, Washington. So I'll yeah. probably be here a while. Yeah. Um, I Like we said before I see it record, I was like, that makes so much sense to kind of be in a more... I don't know how I don't know how, how you would describe it, but it's not remote. But you know, you get what I'm saying. Like quiet. I'm not pretty. Yeah, like Olympia is, you know, of course the capital, and can you know be be busy too. But I'm like out in a very remote part that is like just barely considered Olympia. So yeah, um, I drive in for things that I need, but for the most part, I'm deep out in these woods. You know. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. I hope that that's been like restful for you and like life giving. Yeah, Yeah. it has. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about your book, Unfollow Me. Tell us about the title. How did you come up with that? Or what's the message there? Um, so I, it's not the original title. There Mm -hmm. was, uh, originally it was Sorry to Disappoint. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wasn't, it just is what came to my head. So I wasn't particularly invested in the title at that point. And I had a conversation with my editor um, where we began to have a conversation where she's like, you know, we got to change this title. I'm like, I know, I know. I'm surprised we're just now talking about it. Um, And so we brainstormed and we're kind of like, you know, throwing things out. And at the end of all of my speaking engagements, all six or seven of them, I used to say, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, you can follow or unfollow me at Jill's Black and then Jill Louise Busby. And so I was like, it can't be unfollow me, can it? And she was like, wait, why can't it? And then from there it became unfollow me. And then she brought in the essays on complicity because there was beginning to really be a theme yeah. at that point. And so, yeah, it, it seems very meant to be. I'm a, I like the title. I, I mean, I actually like both titles. Like if it, if it had been Sorry to Disappoint, I think that had been a badass title too. But Okay, okay. Don't make me like feel regret here. <laughs> no, 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 no. not what I need. No, I think Unfollow uh, Me is, a, is an incredible title as well. Like either one sounds, sounds great to me. 
So what are you, what are you doing in the book? I know that it's a collection of essays, but you said that there's a theme arising around complicity. So well, what do you feel like that, you know, how would you summarize that? Um, I think that, you know, the first time that I came on here, I, I talked a lot about my work in this sort of um, <laughs> the uprising of, of woke culture on yes. the internet and mm-hmm. my role in that and how I felt about it at the time. And, you know, I've continued to think that through. And this book is really me um, separating from an online persona, but also a lot of mm-hmm. different personas um, questioning uh, when I'm inside the room and outside what it is to be an insider and an outsider sometimes at the same time Mm. to observe and also to participate you know so it's really about what I wasn't seeing where it was you know a lot of finger pointing and we could really wax poetic about what everybody else was doing Mm. but at the same time it seemed interesting that we were leaving ourselves out of it and it seemed even more interesting that I was leaving myself out of it because I don't want to get into the finger pointing either Mm -hmm. so the book is really about me doing that with myself as an example instead of doing that as just you know a separation or something impersonal to critique another person's behavior I wanted Mm -hmm. to start with myself so it's an essay where or a collection of essays rather where if I have something that I need to say about somebody else hopefully I have done enough of my own work um confessing to my own complicity so that it doesn't seem you know like just seeing somebody a lot easier from the outside than we can see ourselves yeah why why do you feel like it's important for us to do that work as we are you know I mean there's a lot of talk about injustice right now I feel like social media is kind of exhausting in the way that like you know we can there's just outrage everywhere, which I'm not saying is illegitimate for y'all who are listening. I'm not saying that outrage is illegitimate, but it can be a bit exhausting. And I feel like it is kind of rare for people to do that kind of nuanced work to talk about what is so upsetting about the world in a way that doesn't kind of create this binary where we're the good people, those are the bad Mm -hmm. people, and we're Mm -hmm. all going to be good together and critique the bad people kind of thing. Why do you feel like it's important to do the kind of work that you're doing where you're acknowledging complicity? Well, I think that I can go with, you know, kind of the, the more general answer that, Mm -hmm. you know, you should, you should start with yourself um, because that's the smart thing to do. (laughs) Uh, But I I think more than that, I think people are going to get tired. Um, I'm beginning to see more and more, conversations where people are like, oh, but now, you know, I need all of this self-care because I spend all of this time and I'm Mm. upset about everything and everything is a problem. And I just don't think that's the point, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So we're stuck at your rage is legitimate. True. But what would you like to do with it? You know? Um, And I can say that, oh, this group deserves, you know, all of my rage, but do you? Mm. Right. So I think in, today I'm just going to focus on the part where mm-hmm. you're going to get tired of yeah. critiquing other people as a way to control them mm. when ultimately there is only one person that you're going to be able to do that with. So even if it's for that reason, you're going to be a lot more satisfied working on making yourself a whole and empathetic and less harmful person than you mm-hmm. are sitting around all day, every day, finding new other people to mm. play that role for you. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, you mentioned the kind of the uprising of woke culture. And um, I'm wondering, 
Well, first off, before I even ask that question, have you kind of, did you kind of pull away from social media for a while before coming back to promote the book? Yeah, does it show? Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. And I had really started pulling away anyway, mm-hmm. to be honest. You know, I had yeah. gotten down to like, you know, I would try to come on once a month. And then mm-hmm. I was kind of once every, and I just, well, first of all, I was busy. I gave myself yeah. a six month deadline to write this book. So I was wow. also just, oh my God. Yeah. So I procrastinated anyway. The last thing I needed was the scroll <laughs> in the post, you know, yeah, and the yeah. scroll is fine. But the good thing about the scroll is eventually you're going to get so angry and frustrated. You'll throw your phone down. If you posted something, it feels a lot more difficult to not enjoy oh, the likes and comments. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, all right. So I, I didn't need any of that. And <laughs> also just like, I just, you know, at this point, I don't know what I want from it. Um, yeah. And I don't know what it wants from me. So until I figure that out, yeah. And then the book feels very focused. And I, do, I feel mm-hmm. like I get to go there and do that without having to figure out how I want to show up in other ways around it, which may not be at all. Yeah. Um, but we shall see. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and the reason I asked that question first is because like how you see that culture, I mean, from from the last time you were here to now writing this book and all that kind of stuff, if you, do you feel like it's getting better, intensifying, or just how are you reading it? You know, I can't quite tell. Yeah. Um, I can't quite tell. Um, I think that I see, again, more of the conversations where people are saying, oh, this is exhausting, Mm. or oh, everything on the internet or everything on social media is for sale now. Mm. And we're starting to to say these things out loud, or you'll see people come back to social media and they'll say, oh, you know, I had such a great time away from it. I wonder why I'm here. (laughs) And so... (laughs) You know, I I think we're starting to have that conversation. I just wonder if we have found the solution that isn't temporary, right? Because again, Mm. we see at the same time the rise of a a little bit of a self-obsessed self-care, I might Mm -hmm. say Mm -hmm. at this point, and certainly an expensive one or what can be um, more of privilege or, and really complicity because then it's like, oh, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. And no one is really checking that because, you know, (laughs) in Mm. this culture, it's like, of course you deserve, you deserve everything. Um, I'm not necessarily one of these people that thinks that, you know, off of identity, you certain you suddenly deserve everything. I don't think yeah. we should ever be doing the most we can get away with. Mm. Yeah, I just wonder if it will be, oh, let's fix this binary, as you say, or mm. will it be, let's do this thing instead that may feel better or easier or give us more of the stuff that we want. So I don't know. I hope it goes in the direction of wait. This is this is going too far. We'd like to stop it instead of hey, this is going too far, and I don't know how to stop myself. Yeah, I mean, I a part of me wonders as they're saying that I'm like, will Jill be around with us <laughs> to to see where that goes? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I totally totally will. I mean, I like it too. It's it's I I don't think it would be fair to be one of these people to talk about social media without being someone who was on it and, and benefits. from it right like Mm -hmm. i wanted it to be from inside because we have enough um talk from outside of of communities right so even when we think we are getting talk from inside communities we still have separation whether Mm. that be in a hierarchy of class or education or all these things so as someone who 
really rode that wave of mm -hmm. a woke social media. It felt really good to be in a position where I was like, oh, I, I, I want to talk about this and I get to because mm. I'm complicit in it. And I wanted it to have the weight of someone who, again, benefited from it and, and still does. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, um, I'm sitting here thinking about some of my own frustrations with you know, trying to bring a message about social change on social media and kind of feeling mm -hmm. like feeling the tension of like uh, some of the like, like you said, like liking the likes and, and all that kind of stuff. That feels really good. Likes and shares mm -hmm. and follows and all that kind of stuff. That, that's oh, really, yeah. really great, you know, and all and having to come back to like, well, why are you here, though? Like, you know, not that those things are bad, but, you know, are you here mm -hmm. for those things? the monetization of some of this, you know, content, even publishing a book myself, you know, it's coming out in March and thinking through uh -huh. like, uh -huh. oh man, like what retailers are carrying this and how much does it cost? Yeah. And where does the money go? And who do I need to think about when I'm, you know, saying or not saying this or writing or not writing that? Right. Um, right. But specifically, I think with social media, one of the challenges that I've felt, and I'm not sure if you feel this too, is eventually it just felt like, it seemed like it was like impossible to chart, like, are we making actual material progress from doing all of this, you know, all of this creating, you know, memes and videos and graphics and stuff like that? Or am I just creating anti-racism entertainment for people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that thought really fucks me over, which makes me be like, okay, when this book is out, I'm going to go move to Jamaica. And people will also be like, well, where's Andre Henry? <laughs> And the answer is he's I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's okay. He's okay. All of these are some great things to be reflecting on. Um, are we making material change? Well, I mean, so to address the first part, the likes and all of that stuff rolling in and how we react to mm -hmm. it and feel about it, mm -hmm. you know, we are still human beings and we have multiple desires. Nobody is just showing up to social media to promote social justice. Yeah. Because we can't, you know, we are also self-promoting. We are also lonely. We are also needy in these mm -hmm. ways. We have attachments to things. Mm -hmm. We are full emotional humans. And so, yeah. you know, when we get, when we need to like punish ourselves because we need these other things, when we show up, when we should be working on the big series, important things, that's mm -hmm. not even possible, right? You're, you're all of those things. And so, you know, I've, played that fun game with myself many times on Jill what are we getting from the likes and the what we know what we're getting I can I can answer that question <laughs> attention um ego pleasing commentary about myself that I mm -hmm. get to read um and especially if I've had a hard day mm -hmm. right because it doesn't mm -hmm. exist in a vacuum mm -hmm. I'm also getting all of the critiques about myself mm -hmm. right and the sometimes in the same place and so there's that and then I think separately like there's an aspect to doing some of this publicly, mm. being wrong in public, being supposedly right in public. Mm. And we need to separate those because it does feel different. I get the same thing from people, you know, like you being like, I do this work in the public and it's, it's hard to see if it's making this impact, but just the public part of it, we'd have to stop and say, mm. what does that feel like? Yeah. You know, um, you're not doing it, you know, from the comfort of your own home and exploring and researching on your own, you were doing mm. it, submitting it. Um, yeah. to the public space. And that feels different even in this book. So sometimes you feel like you deserve the likes because you get the other, right? So yeah. like, give me something because I'm also yeah. going to have this troll. I don't know. I don't know what the material part is, 
but I wasn't necessarily there for that part to begin with. Mm -hmm. I was more always about like, Hey, what about us? What about you? What about me? Mm -hmm. And so I think we are getting some gains there. I know that all of the news and the articles and the think pieces that they're just, you know, they say that we're all (laughs) upset now and we're all sad, but they've been coming out with those since the beginning. Mm -hmm. And maybe we're seeing what we need. Maybe we're seeing what we want. Maybe we're seeing where we feel empty and are filling it with other things. Maybe we see ourselves and maybe it's uncomfortable to see who we are, but that is some kind of of growth to be confronted uh, with our egos in this way. It's a huge deal and unprecedented to (laughs) look at yourself from the outside in ways that we couldn't before. I think that's a huge deal, even if it doesn't count to some like activist spaces. I think it's huge. Mm. You mentioned that it feels different, like this, the book feels like a different type of public work. Mm-hmm. It, how how so? Because it's everybody. You know, if you follow me on social media, then you follow me on social media. And sometimes you don't agree with me, but you just decide that you like me and I'm your homegirl and you follow me and you root for me and whatever. But you get to make that decision. Yeah. Um, based on more than just, oh, I read your book (laughs) and now I don't like you very much. It was a wider net. And Mm -hmm. because we are, we're not controlled by an algorithm, that's silly to say, but because we engage with an algorithm that also chooses for us stuff that we would like, stuff that is in, you know, serving and sometimes self-serving our own demographic, Mm. but we think it's everything. Mm-hmm. I think it was going beyond my demographic to say now there's somebody reading this book in Montana who doesn't care to follow me mm-hmm. on you know Instagram and so yeah it's it's really just the the wider net but also getting out of that comfort zone of algorithm choice making mm-hmm. where everybody is on your side and everybody looks like you and everybody agrees with you um, and and you know it's scary but it's also always helpful to be confronted with multiple perspectives. So I was scared all year to get those multiple (laughs) perspectives, but I wouldn't be scared if I didn't think there was something in them worth reading, you know, like, because I've read enough trolls by now that I, I'm used to some of that, but I'm like, what is this particular fear? Are you scared to be confronted with like people who have now read something wider from you and get to say, Oh, but what about this hole? And what about this thing? And Oh, this started this way, but then I felt this way. Some of that is not trolling. Some of that yeah. is legitimate. And that's scary to read legitimate. I'm not trying to hurt you feedback. That's For not sure. just about the internet. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the brain can't tell the difference. <laughs> no, the brain can't tell the difference. My ego can't tell the difference. You know, it's like the whole thing can't tell the difference until I say, you know, I calm down and I'm like, all right, what's really bothering you about this? But my immediate reaction is like, well, who are you to be saying this? And I go through a tell off that I will never share with anybody because um, I can't come back from it. But I do yeah. nothing one. And then, you know, I'm trying to make it faster where I'm like, recover in three hours from this, Jill. Um, And we'll see. I'll get down to 30 minutes by next year if I'm lucky. (laughs) I appreciate the honesty that you, you know, that you try to bring to these conversations. And I'm sure I haven't read the book yet, but I'm sure that it will be there. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering now, like just listening to you even talk about like, yeah, like this is my reaction. Like, is that scary? Like to bring that kind of honesty, you know, to these conversations? It, it is. And once it's out, a new one is created in its place. So it's never the current honesty. 
you mm-hmm. know, like you shed it and then that's the old skin and now the public has it, but I don't feel like it's all I got, you know, it's it, to be honest. I mean, what would that even take since I'm not even being honest with myself about everything mm-hmm. <laughs> that I think and feel yet. So yes, you know, but I don't know that I deserve too many accolades just yet for the intensity of my honesty. <laughs> I, I tried, I tried really hard and I tried to the point of fear. Mm. Um, and I tried to the point of asking my accountability team to read these essays and give me real feedback. I tried to that point. And then there's still a lot about my life where this isn't everything, you know, <laughs> there, right. there are big holes in this, in this book and it's a memoir and essays, but really it's a memoir of Jill is black, the online persona and not necessarily me. So, mm. and there's some power, so there's some control in being honest too, because I can get ahead of my own stuff and I can always feel like I'm winning because people be like, Oh, but Jill, what about this? I'm like, I already said this last mm. year. I already confessed that <laughs> I felt that way. I mean, what do you mean? And so let me be clear. There's also a way to win by saying like, no, I'm just telling you everything. But I get to decide what that everything is. Um, You have to trust that my intention at this point is like, look, I I had a tough year. (laughs) Everybody around me suffered and had to like hear me be like, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. So trust me when I say I did my best, but there's certainly a curation that can happen. And Mm -hmm. and certainly in a book, um, there is some. Absolutely, there's some. Right. I have just a couple more questions for you. And I, I know that this might exist in kind of a different space than your work, but I feel like the message that I hear or that I glean from from you is relevant. So I'm just curious about what your thoughts are on this, really, because I've had several conversations with different like, you know, um, activists and organizers who might have been like organizing last year during like the Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter uprising and whatnot. And for the first time in my in in my life, really, um, and I guess uh, I don't know what you want to call it. It's not really a career, but you know, my time, you know, working with folks on the ground, uh, there's just been this huge hurdle of infighting, you know, amongst you know other activists, organizers, social justice folks. So much infighting, and. Uh, to the point where it's almost like it, it immobilizes the work at some, sometimes on the ground. And then I think also it makes some people like so afraid of being critiqued or or canceled or called out or whatever that they mm-hmm. don't even want to bother. Their most recent story is like, I've you know, I'm at the point in the publishing cycle where it's time to ask for endorsements for my book. And, you know, a couple people expressed uh, they said yes. And then I have some folks on my accountability team that were like, oh, but they got called out for this or, oh, they got to for that. You know, and I'm like, well, at a certain point, no one's going to be able to endorse my book, you know. And also yeah. at a certain point, like if we talk about folks who have been called out and people don't trust, like that can apply to me too. Like there are people who don't trust me, you know, people who mm-hmm. are like, well, Andre said this fucked up thing or did this fucked up thing. And so he's right. a, you know, he's a shit person. So whatever. So anyway, um, I talked to like mm-hmm. a really um, seasoned, a veteran organizer about this uh, over the summer. And he was like, Andre, it's just like, kind of like a purity culture thing in that in the activism space right now and it's like really fragmenting and making movements weaker and whatnot and whatnot so anyway yeah that's kind of like something I've really been processing a lot and I feel like a part of what you're you're doing kind of is at least adjacent to that like I feel like it speaks to that to me anyway um 
what are what are your thoughts about you know that yeah. thing happening? <sighs> Great question. Um, or at least a fun question. <laughs> I don't know if I want to answer it. I want to listen to somebody answer. Um, I I do think it's it's close because I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat the statement. I don't ever want to be getting away with the most that I can get away with. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be basing my behavior yeah. on what another group does, right? And how I compare to that group and and what I deserve based on what has been done to me, yeah. no matter what group I'm in. Yeah. And I'm in quite a few, you know? Mm-hmm. So if I get to the point where that is how I'm reacting and acting all the time is like, at least I'm not them or they deserve that. Where's that going? I mean, yeah. for our own personal accountability, for our own journey as human beings, for our own spirituality, for our own mm. being born here <laughs> to have a, a dynamic life, you know, so I, I didn't come here to not be my best self. And right. I think if you are covering yourself in the cloak of righteousness, hmm. and so no one can tell you anything about yourself, there can be nothing critical going on because you own critical thoughts, hmm. because you are always the expert, hmm. because you are always the one on the receiving end of the most everything that anybody can name. I don't know where we think that's going. Like, yeah. And luckily for us, you know, whoever the us is, we're <laughs> in this time where we can go and say, oh, this is what it looks like. And this is why it's important to treat this like that because of Dave Chappelle or because of this person. We take these obvious extreme examples and we mm-hmm. love it when they've already built up enough right. <laughs> like of these incidents so that we can finally just do this thing to them. Mm-hmm. But what are we going to do when it's inside? What are we going right. to do when now the person that's your leader is also this person who you can't question mm. at all and who gets to control all of the language and all of the stuff and always gets to win? Yeah. You know, um, and I know that that's a bit ambiguous, but <laughs> is it? I mean, <laughs> I like is it? I think it's just ambiguous enough so that I can still give endorsements. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> but look, like, you know, it's just like social media where because I had been someone who was inside of it and knew it in this way and benefited from it, it felt important for it to be me to say it. This this applies here too, where it's like, oh, I yeah. hope that people start saying this because what it will give us is empathy to say like, oh, wait, I'm scared of that too. Or, oh, this isn't mm. working for me either. Maybe it doesn't work when I throw it on other people. Yeah. Maybe that the way to convince other people that we've got to do this work is not to just pound them into submission mm. through my deep intellect and apparently like social justice, <laughs> I don't know, um, where I hate everyone. I, I, I think that um, maybe it'll give us some softening and maybe we'll try different ways of talking to people if yeah. we think of different ways that we want to be talked to and those become more of a practical reality for us too. And not just the enemy, whoever that is. Yeah. If you could um, say like, what is like the one thing that you really hope people walk away uh, holding when they close the book after reading the last page, what would it be? The external validation will not fix the problem. 
The representation won't fix the problem. The money won't fix the problem. And if you want the money, if you want the attention, if you want those things, let's go ahead and say it. But we can stop calling it the revolution. Um, Mm, (laughs) You know what I mean? We can, let's just call it what it is so we can work with what we've got. I think sometimes we want to call things other things because those things feel better. But that Mm -hmm. means that they become the example and definition of what we mean. I don't mean that. When Mm -hmm. I say that I (laughs) am working for us or I believe in us, I don't mean I want to root for someone until they surpass me in a social and political and financial hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes my job to feed them my energy for their scraps Mm -hmm. or for their representation so that I can feel better about the absence of my own confidence. (laughs) Like Mm. I would rather work on my own confidence, you know? So that's not my version is that I'm just as, as I've said before, like, I don't want black old Navy. Like I don't want to just create things in the image of the thing I'm critiquing. Right. Right. And so, and I'm not saying that this is yet another political activist way to think about this. What I'm Mm -hmm. saying is let me show you all the ways that I contribute to this and still do this and why. Mm. And then we can make a decision about doing this together. But first it would start with honesty. We would have to start with honesty. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. You mentioned it. other parts of your life. What else uh, are you working on any films or, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that the book is like probably all consuming, but I dare to ask about other, other things, projects. (laughs) Uh, other things, yeah. So I'm deep in, in the book world right now. Um, and of course, like starting to think through the second book. And I I want to figure out a way to be talking um, that is not necessarily immediately linked to social media. So mm-hmm. I do have to figure that out yeah. because I do feel some sort of responsibility to contribute to a conversation. And I want to believe that I can do that without doing it the same way that I did it before. Mm-hmm. So the thought now is, you know, like you, I, I might have to take to this podcasting world also, but I would like to do that with my mother. Yeah. Um, multi-generational conversation is something that I really believe in. Yeah. I think that it is a self-care to talk to someone who can tell you like, oh, this cycles around every 10 years. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Basically, right? Like, oh, we used to do this. Hey, this is how this goes. Um, because you'll start thinking that everything is new and you're mm-hmm. all important and people will clarify that real quick. So yeah. um, I would like to be, to be doing that. Um, of course, like season four of moms as managers just might have to happen because I need a little bit of fun um, and laughter in my life. And I also, you know, like to, I like to perform Mm -hmm. and I haven't gotten to do any of that. My book is a little bit, People say it's funny, but I, I don't laugh when I'm reading it. I think it's a little bit serious for me. Um, I'm like, really? Uh, if so, I don't know that I meant it. But it's it's a, it was a little bit heavy. So yeah. it'll be nice to get into the lighter parts of what I, I like to do. Wonderful. So we shall see. Oh, well, what keeps you going these days? Oh, you know, I try to like have a life that has nothing to do with any of this as much as I possibly can, which means like living a very simple existence Mm -hmm. where I try to do very little harm out here Mm -hmm. in the forest, Um, Mm -hmm. just like getting as well as possible (laughs) outside of that. So that 
I might contribute to that differently, right? So not so that I can leave and escape and act like, oh, look, I'm over here manifesting my dreams and I don't need to exist in that anymore. Not that, but just so that I can show up as a whole version of myself. So just being quiet over here and (laughs) having long talks and being glad to be in a legal state and, you know, just, yeah. And I'm out here with all the rain. So it gives me lots of opportunity to stay inside and, be mm. moody and contemplative. So I do a little bit of that also. Wonderful. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, again, everyone listening, the name of the book is Unfollow Me by Jill Louise Busby. Make sure that you go get it. I'm assuming it's available everywhere books are sold. Everywhere books are sold. Yes. Yeah. So make sure that you pick one of those up and you can follow or unfollow uh, Jill online. Uh, you got it. You got it. Yes. <laughs> Jill, Jill Louise Busby on Instagram. Where else are you online? Dot com. Yeah. com is also the host of all that. Um, and that's about all I can do, you know, is, is the Instagram. That's about what I can handle. So I actually admire only... that. <laughs> I, I admire that. I sh- You're like, yeah. listen, this is this is the platform that I can do. And this, this is, is kind of what I can handle. I like do some offshooting to what was once Facebook. I don't know what we're calling it now, but like what was once Facebook. I'll like, yeah, send a couple of those over there. But I, I can only do the one. So jillouisebusby.com is where it's at. Wonderful. Thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. If you like what you heard and you haven't already, please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. Also, leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts helps us get into more ears and minds. You can find all the links in the show notes for today's guest, as well as Andre's newsletter, Patreon, and book. You can connect with Andre on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at TheAndreHenry. That's all for this episode of the Hope and Hard Pills podcast. We'll see you next time.